Welcome to your podcast or mine, where the creative minds behind the mic are interviewed. Now, let's get things started. Here's your host, Sherry. Welcome to your podcast or mine. I'm Sherry, and today I'm speaking with two of the creative minds behind the podcast, Discord and Rhyme and Album Podcast, Amanda Rogers and Rich Bennell. So how are you guys doing today? Great. Yeah, we're great. Yeah, just, uh, Wonderful. just having some coffee. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, you're speaking my language right there. So, <laughs> <laughs> so um, why don't you uh, give a brief uh, background of the podcast, how it got started, and um, just a little uh, description about the show. Oh, well, <laughs> should, 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 we, should we go back to 20 years ago, Amanda? I think we're going to have to. This podcast has a very long history. Yeah, well, it wasn't a podcast in the 90s, obviously, but in the, um, yeah, in the 90s, so there are eight of us on the podcast. It's a rotating crew of hosts, about four per episode, and we've all known each other since Web 1.0. We were all amateur popular music reviewers on the internet in the 90s, and that's how we all met. Oh, that's very cool. Yeah, uh, I used there to be were one of those, I, too. Mm-hmm. Oh, Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, you but probably that, were that, hanging that out in some of the same places we were then. Yeah, there weren't very many sites, honestly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in fact, uh, particularly Amanda and I used to moderate uh, a site called Mark Prindle's Record Reviews, which uh, his sense of humor isn't very 2010s, so I wouldn't recommend <laughs> going there. But uh, but it, it was a lot of like good practice and learning about music and dealing with people on the Internet. Yeah, and as a reviewer, he was very, very influential, and he, he stepped back from his website for a little while, but people were still really interested in it, so he tapped in, uh, me and Rich, to post, like, guest reviews and comments, because this was back when there was no infrastructure for any of this kind of thing, so if you wanted to comment on these record review websites, you would have to send in an email, and then the person running the site would go and manually add it to whatever wherever it had to be. So, you know, as you can imagine, that was a little bit labor intensive, and that's what Rich and I did for a while there. Yeah, we were essentially his replacement for learning JavaScript. Yeah. (laughs) We posted the comments for him. (laughs) So how did that um, grow into a a podcast? Was it something that that you just reconnected and said, hey, this is a, you know, this is something that we should do? Well, you know, that is the short version of that story. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, we've all kept in touch, you know, to varying degrees over the years. And then um, we had a Facebook group for a while that we all communicated through. And then in, I want to, it must have been 2017, mm-hmm. um, I had the idea to start a Twitter account where I would live tweet albums. And Rich and a couple of our other friends got interested in that. And then Rich popped into that Facebook group and said, hey, what if we turn that into a podcast? Mm-hmm. And yeah. within two months, we were up and running. Yeah, we were all very excited about it. So we we well, so we hadn't really all gone our separate ways in the meantime. Some of us had kept in touch, but it was it wasn't until this Facebook group where we all started just talking again. And mm-hmm. I I noticed that our conversations about music in the interim had just become uh, so much so much more intelligent than they were when we were teenagers. And <laughs> it, it was it was really um. 
Yeah, well, it makes sense. Life experience, and we just we've just heard more music. But I was I was just really excited by the prospect of talking to everyone again, uh, mm-hmm. and just just one day the light bulb went off in my head like this could be a great podcast, and I just ran to the Facebook group and said, "Let's start a podcast," and it happened. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, do you each choose an album, or uh, is it? something that goes into like a, a big old fishbowl and you pick out one or or what's the process for that we take turns choosing mm-hmm. so we have a, a rotating schedule for the eight of us um more or less in the same order sometimes we have to switch things around for various reasons uh but whoever whoever's turn it is to host that week picks the album and then whoever else feels like talking about it will sign up to join in yeah, and it's usually I, I, well, it's, it's often well. So it's it's either a case of uh, like people uh, people sign up themselves to join the album, or in some cases, like uh, Amanda will often do this. She'll just point at three people and say, "You're going to learn this album." Yeah, <laughs> which is what happened for our our, our Rhiannon Giddens episode. I, I hadn't even heard mm-hmm. of her, and now I'm super glad that I know her music. Yeah, and Death Leopard too. I just I had to pull people in because nobody was volunteering for that one. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's interesting. So then you learn about other artists that you may not have known about, you know, prior oh, absolutely. to. Yeah, yeah. That's and, honestly one of the really, really great side benefits of doing this podcast. I've gotten exposed to so much great music that I didn't know before. Yeah, and that you wouldn't necessarily think of like adding that to your discography, you know, your your collection of of music, you know, because right. you may have you may you know have had come in with like prior um, uh, misconceptions about the artist or the album itself. So mm-hmm. that's a would you well, say I find that, that we. Yeah, yeah. Well, so one thing that I that doing the show has made me and I think all of us realized is how much we'd siloed our own music tastes. Like, mm-hmm. uh, uh, like I, I'm very much into like, I don't know, 80s music, new wave of hip hop. And uh, for a while, like pretty much everything I would seek out would be just in one of those genres. And I would just kind of assume that that was it. And so having other people like say uh, our co-host Phil like making us I, I would I would never have listened to the Grateful Dead under my own uh, volition but now I, I have a lot more respect for them than I used to yeah or like I somehow got pulled into the parliament episode and for some reason I'd always kind of thought I didn't like funk music and then Mothership Connection turned out to be amazing Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and similarly, like uh, aforementioned, uh, co-host Phil had never been into Janet Jackson, and now he loves her. Yeah. So it, uh-huh. yeah, there's a lot of examples of that kind of thing. Well, uh, Amanda, you just I I listened to a recent podcast uh, about Def Leppard his, hysteria, and mm-hmm. and you know I you know I grew up in the 80s and and 90s. Uh, well, you know I was pretty much you know legal age by the 90s, but you know Def Leppard was a, a really big part of it in in the respect of like the MTV generation. You know they were mm-hmm. there and. And you know they they were they were always there because you know MTV put them in in heavy rotation. So you know, as, growing up as a little kid, that's you know, uh, that's pretty much what you watched on on TV until you know yeah. until they expanded and got into like either like the Headbangers Ball or the 120 mm-hmm. Minutes things of that nature. So you know, listening to that show, it was you know. 
it was it was amusing to me because like I you know <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> because you bring in people with the different backgrounds and you know and you know the 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 album is basically about sex and, and <laughs> so, so yeah yeah so you know like well, as, as a little kid you don't even think about that you just think it, it's like catchy. oh no so, so i didn't have like a clue it. i just thought it was super fun awesome rock music and then i grew up and went wait mm-hmm. yeah yeah exactly and and you know i so I I found that show like uh, amusing to me, you, you know, like I and I like them. I still like them. You know, they're they're still around and they're going on a tour that everyone's like butting, you know, chomping at mm-hmm. the bit for. So, um, you know, they're still relevant even after, you know, 30 or 40 years of doing this. So Oh yeah, definitely. Um, <laughs> and, you know, Equally, like I was, I was into. I'm, I'm an odd bird. I'm into basically like everything. If they, you know, but I have to say that Prince is my favorite artist. But I love like the XTCs. I love the yeah. uh, Bauhaus. <laughs> I, I love that stuff. I, I love those. XTC is my favorite <laughs> band. That's part of why our compilation series is called "This Is Comp" after "This Is Pop." Yeah. <laughs> Well, you know, and and but I love like the old like the hip hop and and um like you know going old school like uh Fat Boys and uh Run DMC and and stuff like that. So, you know, like I'm I'm just weird, but like I also love like Daryl Hall and John Oates and like the whole like <laughs> music that they turn yacht rock. So, mm-hmm. you know, like I, I don't know. But <laughs> no, well, well, that, well, that's a, that's a that's a huge dividing point between Amanda and myself. I like Hollow Notes and Yacht Rock. Amanda I doesn't. Actually, the Doobie Brothers. That's about as far into that genre as I'm willing to go. Though, though speaking <laughs> of though speaking of Yacht Rock, actually, like uh, it was the Beyond Yacht Rock podcast. Uh, it was that which was one of the ones that uh, like basically the year before I started uh, or I, I suggested starting Discord and Rhyme. Uh, uh, the uh, like I I was just listening to tons and tons of music podcasts and the um the the kind of like uh, I actually modeled our hosting style on their podcast because they have like a single host that like takes control of the episode and then everybody else weighs in and it rotates and it, yeah anyway uh, good show uh, so uh, what compelled you uh, to be become a podcaster had you had any background in, in broadcasting before or was it um so or like the music journalism side of you you know was like okay let's let's try a different medium this time i'm very flattered that you think we had any idea of what we were doing in terms of broadcasting mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> no, I, none of us had any experience with that i don't, I don't think I've never done any broadcasting, but I would say that uh, I've, I used to work in, I used to be a journalist, uh, like I was a copy editor and designer uh, at the San Francisco Examiner about 10 years ago. And just, uh, and just, I've more pretty broadly been in communications as a field since then. And just this kind of thing, like podcasts as a field, like really fascinate me. Um, and just, uh, I, I actually, it was, it was specifically a, um, uh, it, it was it's specifically a show called Political Beats uh, that uh, mm-hmm. a friend of our, a friend of ours named Jeff Blair, uh, who was one of our well was was one of our friends in the '90s and is one of our friends today. But he uh, he started this show up uh, uh, 
like they go through entire discographies of bands and just and review them it's like basically like if we did discographies instead of albums and uh, I, w- I was basically like binging that podcast for about a couple of months and thinking I want to do this too Mhm. Yeah. And then Jeff was kind enough to come and talk about pavement with you guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, Jeff appeared on our show just a month ago. Mhm. Oh, that's neat. That you know, it it, it takes a lot. You know, a lot of people I see on uh, different Facebook groups and even Twitter every once in a while, but but mostly the the Facebook groups where people are, you know, they've they've created the show, but then they're extremely nervous to get, you know, to speak and actually get it started because, you know, they, I guess people call it imposter syndrome. I'm still trying to figure out what that is, but. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we definitely we're feel very that. familiar with imposter syndrome. Yeah. That's and, like uh, a very uh, millennial thing right now. So, um, you know, and. Well, I will say that during the first couple of uh, definitely during like the first like four or five or so episodes we recorded, I was sweating bullets during those. I was so nervous. Really? Mm-hmm. Wow. You yeah. Can't, yeah. You can't tell. You can't tell. Oh, that's, that's very I mean, nice. That's, that's very nice to hear. I, I guess uh, our producer edited us into sounding not nervous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He just ran the not nervous filter over the whole recording. Yeah. It's a powerful tool. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we did do a couple of practice episodes before we started on the ones that have actually been released, just so we could kind of fool around with the format, see what was going to work well, you know, get used to talking with each other instead of, you know, writing things. That's the thing. Uh, In in several cases, um, we hadn't heard each other's voices before. Like, uh, mm-hmm. th- there are exceptions. There are like geographic clusters of us who had met in person before, but uh, all eight of us as a group, uh, like it just, uh, I, I'd only met Amanda in person once uh, when we, when I was 17. Like, so I didn't, remember, <laughs> I, did, I did not remember what you sounded like, Amanda. I didn't remember what you sounded like either. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's. So but now weird, I like, know. <laughs> <laughs> well now now it's a you know like even even um back in the in the day where like fm radio was king and and you know you press record to get the song that you requested and and stuff like oh. that but then when when yep. you met the dj when you met the dj or saw the dj out in, in like a public appearance or something it's like wow they're not exactly what i picture them to look like you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah you know, like the whole you have the face for radio kind of thing, but you know, <laughs> but then there are mm-hmm. others that, well, then there are others that are like, oh wow, <laughs> really? <laughs> That's a pleasant pr- surprise. Okay. <laughs> so I mean, there's really no like stereotype to it. It's it's just like people that that love music that that are doing it. But um, yeah, I'm gonna move on to. Um, what you what your thoughts are on Podfeed because that's you know that's something that's been in the podcasting news lately. Like be, people say that if a lot of podcasters end their episodes after the seventh one, uh, how do you avoid it, or um, what are your thoughts on it? Well, we all have our own very long lists of albums that we want to talk about. And hell, if we're going to stop this podcast before we've gotten to talk about them. <laughs> yeah, the, the the short of it is that we think this is really fun. 
Yeah. Like like a lot of podcasts I, I, I listen to, uh, just a, a well, there, well, there was that one uh, New York Times story that went around about the advice podcast. Yeah. Like, these people who just started a podcast for advice without knowing how to give advice, and they assumed that they would get um, a bunch of money from it immediately. And just, uh, I get, I mean, that's an extreme case, but I get a sense that a lot of podcasts are made out of obligation. Uh, because it's like the hot new medium and we just really love doing this. I look forward to every recording. Yeah. And honestly, going into it, we weren't really expecting to attract that big of an audience. Like we hope to, but we, we weren't expecting miracles. And so honestly, I'm still kind of surprised that we've got as many listeners as we do, but our primary motivation, I mean, we love that people enjoy listening to this. Don't get me wrong, but we just have such a good time getting together about once a week or so to talk about music. Yeah, and in terms of long-term planning, well, so we right at the beginning we just recorded like a whole like suite of episodes in the first um, few months or so. I think we like banged out about ten of them to make sure that we were in on this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, like you know, to make sure you were all invested and that there wasn't like you could have time to step away from the computer or the microphone. Yeah, right. Yeah. To pursue your lives and your your real jobs, you know, so to speak. So. Exactly. So we kind of had a significant backlog of recordings. So then over the summer, when just the way life works, everybody got a little bit more busy and had less time to devote to the podcast, it was okay because we had all this work that we had already done. Yeah, yeah. plus there being eight of us, like uh, if somebody ends up dropping out of an episode because they're sick or busy or something, usually somebody else can uh, can drop mm-hmm. in, often even at the last minute. That's cool. That's really cool. And and the fact that you have eight, that's that's amazing that you, you have such a... It's kind of uh, overwhelming there. sometimes. But. <laughs> well, yeah, I can imagine. But, you know, I think the only other place that I've seen or the only other podcast that I've seen them on, um, like with a cast of eight, is like a an audio drama, really. So, mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's a blessing. It's both a blessing and a curse in some ways because, I mean, it is fantastic that we've got eight people who are all, you know, equally committed to this project. So not too big a burden falls on any one person. You know, we're able to spread the work out fairly equitably. Um, but it's bad because we only we each only get to host an episode like every three months. So after you finish one, it's like, no, I want another turn. I want to wait. But everybody well, else needs their turn, too. Well, the way I think of that, since our co-hosts are going to be listening to this probably and are going to think that we're dissing them, which we're not. It's fine. Uh, the no, way no, I no. think of it, uh, no, no, the, the way I think of it is that like it just gives me more time to sculpt the episodes. Oh yeah. You know, that, that's, that's, kind of, that's kind of if like we were... why they're so the way they are, honestly. Yeah, if we had to host any more often that we do, than we do, I don't think the episodes would be as good because there's there's quite a lot of work that goes into that, and you know there's only so many hours in the day. Yeah, because I could host an episode every month, but it, the way we're doing it now, on the other hand, I got to spend a summer researching the Wu Tang Clan, which was pretty fun. Yeah. Well, yeah, a lot of research does go into it. I, you know, just listening to the histories of, you know, just just for example, like the the hysteria episode, you went into a lot of the the background of, and you all mm-hmm. go into the backgrounds of of the beginnings of the band and and how they, uh, you know, evolved and and 
you know, got to where they are to where, you know, to the album that you're reviewing. So, you mm-hmm. know, it, it does take time to do that and, and to listen to the um, songs also uh, to get a, a little bit of an understanding of, of their their thinking, you know, if you, yeah. if you want to call it that. So, <laughs> Yeah, definitely. I mean, there have been times when we've read entire books you know, related to this album, or we're listening to the band's entire discography to put this particular album in context. There's, because there, there are some podcasts out there where it's pretty clear that the hosts are just winging it. And in general, we find that those aren't as interesting to listen to. So we want, we don't want to waste anybody's time. Yeah, it became pretty clear that it would be kind of boring if every episode was just a panel of like people saying, uh, this song's pretty good. Uh, this one's bad. Yeah. Uh, et cetera, et cetera. Well, you wanted more meat and potatoes, so to speak. Exactly. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, I'm a, I'm also a, a history nerd. Like a, the, the way that I see the albums that we choose, like a, what makes a good album is that it, it serves as a good lens uh, for not just the artist in general, but also just uh, the circumstances where the album was recorded, uh, which I think is cool. Mm-hmm. So um, how often do you release episodes? Uh, The main ones go up every other Tuesday, and we have bonus episodes that go up on the Tuesdays in between. Yeah, so effectively every week. (laughs) Yeah, so right now you're doing one on on the Motown number ones, the the ones that you're, you know, uh, working on. Yeah, that's the current... That's the current Mm -hmm. series of bonus episodes. Yeah, we call it This Is Comp because we go through various artist compilations for these littler bonus episodes. Uh, The first one we did was on the Nuggets box set. second one was on Pure Moods that started off as a joke, and then we thought, hey, that would be fun to do for real. (laughs) And now now we're going through Motown. Yeah, the Motown ones have been really fun. That was was Amanda's suggestion. Yeah. So um, (laughs) how has podcasting improved your life personally and professionally? Hmm. You want to start, Amanda? Hmm. Sure. Um, The only reason I'm hesitating is because it's kind of hard to know where to begin. Um, Personally, my favorite thing is that I've reconnected with all these people that I've known for so long and now I get to talk to them like all the time. (laughs) You know, it's just, it's so fun. Yeah. We have a Slack channel, which is kind of just, uh, it, it, it both helps us run the podcast, but it's also a great like hangout space for us to share music things with each other. Yeah, like we, we treat it as our own little chat room. It's really, really fun. And it's it, there is a lot of work that goes into this, but it's work that I really, really enjoy. It's a it's a collaborative, creative project where all the collaborators are pretty much on the same page. We rarely have any serious disagreements. And that makes it just immensely satisfying to put out this really beautiful finished product every couple of weeks that a lot of other people also seem to enjoy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, the, what, what Amanda said, like the, the camaraderie with uh, the, my, my friends from, from way back is great. I also found that uh, <laughs> I've also found that it's a pretty good public speaking practice. Like, mm, yeah. <laughs> well, now I feel, now I feel obligated to speak perfectly, which I know that I'm not doing, but I've definitely, I'm definitely much more, conscious of like when I say um and like in the middle of sentences and just uh, 
pausing instead of stuttering and just uh, basically like the next time I need to do actually do public speaking for whatever reason. I used to be terrified of it, but I think I'll have a better go of it now. So uh, what advice would you give to someone wanting to podcast? podcast just go for it I mean there are some startup costs but they're not enormous and the barrier to entry for podcasting is very very low so I mean just do it (laughs) do it see how you like it if it ends up not being your thing that's fine but just I mean just give it a try yeah the 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 main way uh well the way I think of it is uh, like when starting a podcast, uh, uh, when coming up with an idea for a podcast, uh, like I think if this pod, uh, what podcast, if it existed, what I think that is the best thing I have ever heard of. It's what I've been waiting for my entire life. And that's mm-hmm. kind of what I think of of ours. Like if somebody else had come up with an, a podcast that like goes deep into albums, like it excavates them. And there, there really, there really aren't many, like there are a few, but like none is uh, none as obsessive as ours, but like if somebody else had done mm-hmm. this, I would have just like become, become obsessed with it. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's, that's the other thing. Like if you're, if you're going to do this, like, like I said, don't be afraid of it, give it a try, but I would advise having some aspect of it that makes you unique. Uh, mm-hmm. Figure out what's find find the, find the gap in the, the podcasting niche that you're looking at and fill it and make make a show that you would want to listen to. Yeah. And podcasting yeah, so, is so hyper specific and targeted. <laughs> oh yeah. 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 It has to be now. Cause there are so many. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. There, there are niches and then there are sub niches. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Which makes me, which makes it, which makes it surprising to me that, uh, that there, there are so few about albums in the first place. I would say uh, we've looked around there are about, I don't know, I would say like seven or eight, but uh, yeah. a lot of them aren't very active. Yeah, and that's not to say just music podcasts, because there's lots and lots, lots of those, but mm-hmm. ones that concentrate on a specific album in an episode, there's surprisingly few. Yeah. So uh, what do you wish you had known when you started out podcasting? Hmm. hmm. Um. Right when I started out, that uh, that the fact that I have a podcast isn't the most important thing in the world, and everybody isn't instantly going to recognize that. Oh yeah. <laughs> does, that does, does that make sense? Because like uh, when you're starting like a personal project like this that means a lot to you, it's like uh, you want to shout it from the rooftops. You want to like post it on every social media. We sent out like a mailing, a big like mailing to all of our friends, and like. Uh, we'd been obsessing over it for a couple of months and just nothing is going to live up to that. So like it, it, it takes a while to get like a groundswell of real listeners. Uh, I, I say like real listeners, like other people aren't, aren't real people. I mean like, you, you know, like <laughs> devoted listeners, not just well-wishers. Yeah. Like regular subscribers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Because the majority of, of podcasters, including myself, you're not going to find like your, your main audience is going to be um, your friends and family. That's that's just not, you know, like, hello, that's a real big reality check. They're not going to be the ones that are listening. <laughs> mm-hmm. They're going to be 
they're going to be, and I'm being serious here because, you know, you bring it up at, you know, like during the holidays to your family and they're like, oh, yeah, honey, that's nice. You have something and you're doing it. But yeah. are they are they the ones that are going to be listening? Probably not because they're doing other other things. So right, <laughs> you know, and that's you, after you really... explain what a podcast is in the first. Yeah, place. Right. you exactly. have to do that and and sh- and show people how to access the podcast app on their iPad and yeah. things like that. Yeah, yeah, it's just uh, it just after after a while, like fr- friends and family, like they're gonna uh, they'll often like be supportive just from the fact that like you know you're putting a project into the world but ultimately like the really exciting feedback you're going to get it from people you've never heard of right right people that are obsessed with listening to podcasts or uh, Mm -hmm. other podcasters you know who are also obsessed with other podcasts so (laughs) yeah yeah you know i found that the podcasting community is is very supportive um, with one another as far as, you know, uh, getting the word out there, retweeting uh, support or, like, reposting a Facebook post or, or something okay. to that effect. It's, it's way more than I than I expected initially, too. So that, mm-hmm. that I think, was the most surprising and, and nicest part about about the community is that, you know, you, you get into, like, a, a click with each other, but, you know, you always welcome in new people, too, so. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we, we have been fortunate enough to make friends with a couple other podcasters, and we've it, it's been really nice to form those connections. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, so the original uh, context where we met, like, we, 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 we mentioned the specific site, Mark Prindle's Record Reviews, but there were actually about – there were a whole bunch of websites that were all, that we all collectively called the web reviewing community, which should have, it should have been the web music reviewing community, but whatever. <laughs> uh, anyway, so like just uh, the, the thing that I, the thing that I like about it looking back is that none of us expected to be successful or make money or anything. Like we just wanted uh-huh. to put words on the internet about music, and uh, and I really like that communal aspect of it, and just I like seeing that in podcasts as well, and I like I'd like to foster that if I can. Yeah. Well, even even when you're like uh, just writing reviews on the web, even if you're writing for a publication like back in the day, I know that, you know, I I wrote for a few and I wasn't compensated monetarily. I mean, I got some good perks out of it by like getting a a backstage pass or like or tickets Mm. to the concert. But but I never got like, you know, here's your paycheck for writing this great article. It was just like, okay, you're you're, you know, like the the joke was like you're getting exposure. Like, oh, okay, great. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Let me pay my rent with this exposure. (laughs) That's all too common today. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, so I mean, the same could go with podcasts, too. I mean, unless you're like Joe Rogan or, or Conan O'Brien or a big celebrity, uh, you know, coming out of the gate, you're not going to make money from it. I mean, you have to, oh, like, no. really work hard for it, you know. So. Yeah, and it's, it's, it's a mistake to think that you're going to be monetarily successful right off the bat. Like they say with any small business, you got to give it at least three years before you start turning a profit. And I would say, you know, go into it with that kind of mindset and you'll probably be a lot happier with how it goes. 
I would I would say though in that context, like one one way we really have a leg up is our producer Mike DeFabio, who oh, is my one word, of our, yes. yeah, who is one of our friends from he's he's just one of our group of friends from the '90s and onward. But uh, he's it, he, he like he went to school in audio production. He has a bunch of like fancy DJ gear, and he just knows how to produce. And he's just mm-hmm. just uh, I am uh, like the files that I send him. Uh, uh, sound nothing like the ones that he that he that he sends back. <laughs> he is so good. Like uh, we would be nothing without him. Yeah, he treats each he treats each episode like he's producing an album, and that's why we sound so good. Because Mike really really knows what he's doing. Well, that, it's helpful to you know to gain friends that way who who have succeeded in in other uh, you know. I guess uh, branches of of podcasting, whether it's engineering or producing or, or mm-hmm. uh, you know, a, a lot of the times, a lot of people um, use uh, scriptwriters, things of that nature. I mm-hmm. don't, <laughs> obviously, <laughs> <laughs> because I'm just question and answer. But um, you, you know, and a lot of research goes into the questions that I'm asking too, because I don't want it to be sound like every other podcast either. And right. and which is, you know, cool to listen to yours because it doesn't sound like every other music podcast. There, there are some music well, podcasts you. that that are very similar to each other, and and it could go for history or or movie or uh, pop culture or you know, animal podcasts. A lot of them sound alike, but when you could find that those a couple that really stand out, it's it's really cool because it you know the community of podcasts is growing exponentially you know i i think it's mm-hmm. supposed to hit 1 million soon so um yeah something like 700,000 now right yeah yeah, yeah. that's that was the yeah. latest figure yeah and that's a lot of podcasts so <laughs> <laughs> so um get moving on to um how i you you said that you have a, a producer so uh mike um so he edits the shows how do you record the shows do you uh record uh via skype or like another uh method like zoom or or zencaster or something like that and then he puts it together or is um, it hang like out a live for, situation for uh-huh. yeah yeah we do google hangouts and uh basically like a, well so uh phil our co-host phil maddox he uh, he he got our model from the popular show My Brother and My Brother and Me uh, on the Max Fun Network. It's a uh, like that that show started out like with the with the three titular brothers like recording separately like in different cities and uh, they recorded their files like on their own computer and then compiled them later. So that's what we do as well. Like uh, mm-hmm. we we meet on Hangouts, we record our own local wave file, and then. The following day, I, I stitch them together and edit the episode down, and then I send it off to Mike, and he does his magic. Oh, okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. So um, are there any resources that have really helped you along the way, uh, you know, you know, not uh, including your, your friends that help with editing and producing? Have there any, been any other resources that have really guided you or – or helped you? Hmm. Um, back when we started, I there's a subreddit uh, called podcasting and another one called podcasts. And I, I, I might not be remembering that exactly right, but there are a lot of really helpful people on there. 
if you have questions about like microphones or any other kind of equipment or hosting, you know, which host is better than the other, what kind of analytics should you be paying attention to? Uh, we found that really helpful in the beginning. We haven't needed it for a while because we've kind of figured out what's important to us. Um, but it, there's a lot to, there's like, there's so many little details. It's a little difficult to know where, where to start. So I found those communities pretty helpful. Uh, yeah, you, you said it all, uh, Amanda. You did all of that research at the beginning, and I thank you very much for it. <laughs> You're very welcome. Seems to have turned out all right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so um, if you have the time to listen to the podcast, which ones do you listen to? Ooh, I'm going to pull out my uh, my phone right now. So, <laughs> well, Amanda, what do you listen to? Uh, well, my favorite one besides us is called Overdue. It's actually about books. Um uh, this format is actually kind of similar to us. One of them reads a book and talks to the other one about it, and it's it's super interesting, and they're really, really funny. I love that one. Um, the other ones, uh, I'm actually pulling out my phone right now, too, just to make sure I don't miss anything. Um, a lot of us are big fans of a podcast called Screw It, We're Just Going to Talk About the Beatles, <laughs> <laughs> which is also really entertaining. Uh, there are yeah, a bunch of it, comedians in L.A. that just get together to talk about the Beatles. Yeah, it's a bunch of improv people, and uh, I, I used to, I, I used to like, uh, I don't know, make snide jokes about improv like a lot of people do. But just listening to this show, like, it's clear to me that like, it's a great way just to learn how to talk to people. Like, I've actually, I think, I feel like I've actually learned how to speak just listening to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah I, I found with improv, I found with improv, like, I wanted to join in because I was like. I don't know. They they would ask for audience participation, and I would just, like, jump in there. I'm like, oh, okay, I could do that, because one of my friends did improv, and I'm just like, wait, mm. I'm funnier, you know? Let me, <laughs> 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 Let me just jump in there. But it, it keeps you, like, on your feet where, you, you know, you have to, like, automatically think, and, and during a conversation like that, uh, when you're expected to talk about something, being on your feet is, is a – is a commodity to have, don't you think? Oh, definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah it's it's yeah. something that I've we've I think we've all honed more like going uh, as we go forward. Mm-hmm. Right, let's see shows I listen to. Uh, the um, uh, well, the show that got me into podcasts was uh, Switched On Pop, uh, which is currently on. I guess they they just moved to the Vox Network earlier this year, but it's yeah, just two guys doing applying music theory to pop songs, and it, it if it so like a and they're they're good they're actually good proof that if that if you have a niche people will find you because I literally found oh, yeah. them because I wanted because I googled podcast that breaks down pop songs using music theory and there they were <laughs> that's exactly what they do <laughs> yeah exactly like somebody was looking for it um and let's see we Amanda and I both like the slate podcast hit parade by Chris oh, yeah. Chris Melanthi. it's like chart so history good. which is the the music version of like you know geeky sports stats yeah, other people yeah. follow baseball stats. We follow Billboard history. <laughs> and I and yeah. I really like the move. And I really like the movie podcast uh, Unspooled with uh, with Paul Shearer and Amy Nicholson, where they go down the AFI top 100 movies list. But yeah, mm-hmm. not music there. And everything else I listen to is related to climate change, so we don't have to go through those. <laughs> yeah, and there's also uh, political beats that we mentioned before. Um, and there's another one I want to mention called Aria Code. That's hosted by Rhiannon oh, yeah. Giddens, who we did an episode on, you know, last year or sometime, uh, where she breaks down arias from different operas. 
And I, as I've said on the podcast before, I can't stand opera, but I love this podcast. It's, there's so much interesting information that goes into this incredibly beautiful art form that I just don't really like listening to. But the, the, the information about how those are created is fascinating. Yeah, but that's a, this is a good question, though, because I, I do strongly believe that good podcasters listen to podcasts, and you'd be surprised oh, how yeah. many don't. Well, it's like the, oh, the advice that. that writers get. If you want to write well, you have to read. If you want to do a podcast well, you have to listen to other podcasts. Yeah, Discord right. Rhyme is really like an amalgam of a lot of things that we like about various podcasts that we listen to. And I, I'm, I'm yeah. sure that that's the case of pretty much every show, really. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, you know, and that's why I asked the question, because there may be a podcast out there that I haven't listened to, and I've listened to a lot so far. I'm like, I'm closing in on like episode 50 coming up soon. And, you know, there are, you know, so, so, so far, I've interviewed 50 different podcasters about different things from like, from music to uh, physics to, you know, uh, happy hour you know, have your happy hour and, and do your podcast type of thing. And, you know, and I've learned, you know, gotten a lot of different podcast recommendations from all sorts of different people. And, you know, I, my podcast list is like through the roof now. I can't possibly listen to everything, but I try to. I try to even get in like 15 or 20 minutes of, of each one just to see what, what I'm missing. And some of them will remain in my, you know, in my favorite list and others will not. But that's why I really like asking that question. And a lot of the ones that that you did mention are in my podcast playlist, but a couple that you have mentioned are not. So I need to, you know, take a listen to those, like especially like the ARIA code that you mentioned and and a couple of other ones. But um, so uh, right now I'm going to – ask you a couple of lightning round questions and then we'll come back to uh, discord and rhyme. So um, I'm going to start with you, Amanda. What was your first concert and do you have any memories from it? My first concert was Dave Matthews band when I was 17 (laughs) in Indianapolis. And yes, I do have memories of it. (laughs) They were my favorite band. I was just over the moon excited to go and see them. And we had um, just cheap lawn seats. And the thing that I didn't realize about, well, concerts in general, and particularly Dave Matthews Band concerts, is people like to get up and dance. (laughs) The lawn was very, very crowded, and I am very, very short, and I got elbowed in the face about 75 times. (laughs) But the music was amazing. It was a really terrific first concert experience. I love it. (laughs) And what about you, Rich? My first concert was uh, was the Beach Boys when I was 10 uh, in 1993, I believe, at Shoreline Amphitheater in Mountain View, which uh, California. And uh, yes, yeah, so the most memorable thing the most memorable thing about that was uh, that John Stamos from Full House was uh, it, it was it was during the time when he was their drummer. Oh, really? <laughs> That's great. Yes. Yeah, so so uh, I mean, I knew like I knew most of the songs that I that they played just because my dad played them all the time. But it was really just for me, like listening to just a greatest hits album. But they were there. <laughs> but like as a ten year old, I was really excited to see John Stamos. Well, do you want to hear something really ironic? I I and and you know, let me pull out the Alanis Morissette. Uh, you know, <laughs> whatever. But the Beach Boys were my favorite. My not my first, my favorite, but my first concert also. Um, oh. But they were they were also with um, Joan Jett, 
um, the Hooters, and uh, Frank Stallone. And John Stamos was drumming with them, too. But this was wow. at a concert in Philadelphia. It was called the Sea to, sea to Shining Sea. It was on July 4th. And it was like 100 degrees outside, and there were a million people, over a million people at this concert. So <laughs> and so I, I was, uh, I think, 13 or 14 at the time, and I got my first contact high. So, <laughs> oh my god! Oh wow! <laughs> I first smelled weed at a Super Tramp concert of all places. <laughs> oh, um, there was plenty of weed at the Dave Matthews Band concert. Let me tell you. <laughs> oh, I, I, really? <laughs> oh, yeah, I was gonna say no. <laughs> yeah, well, it, it, yeah, it was it was cool seeing. I mean, I, I didn't properly appreciate it at the time, but this was when Carl Wilson was still alive, and uh, I, I saw Brian Wilson solo in 2005. So I've seen as many of the Beach Boys as I could possibly have seen in my lifetime. So, uh, you know, excepting Dennis. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what have you listened to recently that has inspired you by a new artist or, or someone that uh, you just discovered that's been around for a while? Um, actually, the first artist that comes to my mind, and I know you'll like this one, Rich, is Sam Phillips. Yeah, that's going to be my answer, too. Yeah, <laughs> I thought it might be. Uh, we found out about her kind of circuitously. Um she used to be married to T-Bone Burnett, who produced a couple of the albums that I've covered, and she is fantastic. Like, she's been around for decades, but for some reason, well, a lot of reasons that are complicated, just never really got as big and popular as her music truly deserves. And, yeah, her album, Martinis and Bikinis, is, like, me and Rich are obsessed yeah, and so, so, uh, along along similar lines, I've recently been uh, really gotten into an album by the band Helium called The Magic City. Uh, we're actually going to cover it on the show in just a couple of months, but it's a similar thing. Like, uh, it's by the singer songwriter Mary Timoney, and uh, it's like Martinis and Bikinis. I think it would be considered a '90s alt rock classic if not for the patriarchy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Like, I, I seriously think that, like, martinis and bikinis, like, I, I, I don't know, I, I, I think, like, I honestly think the only reason I hadn't heard of it is because, like, she's a woman, and her uh, and her husband went on to produce Counting Crows, and they became more famous. Oh, cool. Cool. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah, I mean, if there were any justice in the world, her singles would have been all over alt-rock radio in the mid to late 90s. Anyway, we're going <laughs> to do our part to make it popular, you know, once yeah. our... Uh, countless thousands of listeners uh, here are <laughs> we don't have that many listeners we're sure to get someday <laughs> <laughs> so what is your favorite 80s or 90s uh, musical guilty pleasure hmm do we have the same answer for that one Amanda I think we might I don't <laughs> know because the first one that popped into my head for the 90s was Bare Naked Ladies Oh yeah. Uh, well, I, I guess I guess for the '80s. Uh, well, I was thinking of the self-titled Heart album uh, from the middle oh, from the mid '80s. Yes, you're right. Yeah, because like, uh, well, because like Heart have their have their '70s albums with like Crazy on You and Barracuda, and those are the cool ones to like. But I don't know. Amanda and I are both obsessed with their self-titled album from the '80s that has all like the big hair songs on it, like These Dreams and stuff. Yeah. And never and all that stuff, yeah. Oh, I love never. Exactly. (laughs) And the hairstyles on that album cover are just to die for. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. I know. Let's bow into it right now. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> you thought I wouldn't. So, um, if you could have dinner with any three people, dead or alive, who would it be, and why? Mm. Let's let's do just the musical artists. Just musical artists. All right. Um, George Harrison, Justin Hayward, and Rhiannon Giddens. Hmm. That'd be an let's interesting see. conversation. Let's, <laughs> let's see. This this would be a really awkward conversation, but uh, David Byrne and both of the Johns from They Might Be Giants. Huh. That would okay, be a really entertaining cool. dinner. Yeah, well, that's also uh, well. That, that's also the those are, that's also my stock answer for who would make you saddest if they died suddenly. So. Oh, yeah. oh no! Don't, don't make me don't make me depressed right now. No. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah we can't have that happen. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that, that's that, I took it. I took it in a. I took the conversation on a dark turn. I think that just the year 2016 and all the all the musicians who suddenly started dropping like flies have has really made me start thinking about this lately. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, agreed, agreed. Mm-hmm. Uh, we we need to preserve them as mu- as much as possible. If they could have the mm-hmm. the secret ingredient that Keith Richards is is drinking, then let's pass it along. <laughs> right. So. Well, I David am Byrne totally is doing convinced so. that Keith Richards is actually immortal. Because if that man were ever going to die, he'd done it by now. And David Byrne is doing some really complicated dance routines on his most recent tour. He seems to be in good health. <laughs> he is actually. Yeah, I've seen a couple of his dance moves. Yes, <laughs> mm-hmm. agreed. <laughs> okay, so um, a little lightheartedness before we get back to the, uh, the the podcast part. So a penguin walks through a door right now wearing a sombrero. What does he say, and why is he here? I'm not I... sure if I'm clever or quick-witted enough to answer this question. Yeah, I, I, I'm. Yeah, I'm not sure. <laughs> okay, well, I'll, I'm I'll sorry. answer you the tried. question. Uh, that's okay. I'll answer the question. It, he came in because it's chilly outside. I don't. Know. There you go. <laughs> chilly Willie. <laughs> like chilly, and he's looking for some chilly. I don't know. I guess so. I, mm. I guess I have to strike that one out of my questions to ask now. So, <laughs> so. Because uh, that that might be a little too complicated, or get into like a a little bit more of a conversation I don't want to get into. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that could go to some strange places. So <laughs> okay, well, um, getting back to your podcast, um, where can people locate you to listen to you or connect with you online? Our website is discordpod.com. We're on all the major social media social media networks at discordpod. You can email discordpod at gmail.com. And we're on Stitcher, iTunes, Google Play, whatever podcast app you're on, find us there. Yeah, yeah we're, we're generally available via an open protocol, so we should be on all of the podcasty thingies. Mm-hmm. And uh, is there a question that I didn't ask that you have – would have liked me to. Hmm. <laughs> that, that's a hard one to answer. Maybe how much we love and appreciate all eight people on this podcast, because that is a lot. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, yeah. If we, yeah, if we made it sound like they're a burden at all, they're not. It's a, it's actually more like a, um, it, it's more like a case of I was expecting four people at most uh, to sign up, and I got eight. So uh, we, and we figured out how to roll with it. Yeah, and it's and it's amazing having this many people around. It's very much mm-hmm. uh, like an artist collective. You know, everybody, we all make this work, and we all have a great time doing it. Everybody has their thing that they're good at, and. I think we're all just really fun and likable people. <laughs> we're biased, though. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> well, you know, from the the you know statements that you made, I don't think that or feel that way that that you were um, stating that the that you know having eight people on a podcast is a burden. I mean, it's mm-hmm. a lot of work, granted, because there are eight personalities and eight schedules that you have to to work with. But um, it, it seems like a very cohesive and, and close-knit family of, of people who enjoy talking about music and, and albums in particular. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so. for sure. And, and actually, I think, oh, go, go for it. Okay. I was going to say, what I've been trying to avoid, because one of, my, one of the things I get really nervous about is I don't ever want to come off sounding like I'm taking more of the credit than I deserve, because... It, it, that's that's not the case at all. I'm, you know, I I do my part, but everybody works so hard on this. Mm-hmm. Oh, and I was um, I was just gonna say uh, we we actually all got together in the same place for the first time just this past June. Um, yeah. They, they they were all everyone was nice enough to come fly to to Ann Arbor where I live, and we all like rented a place and did karaoke and uh, recorded one of our episodes actually. Yep. Yeah, and it was it was really fun. The first time all of us have been in the same place before. Yeah, it, it was amazing. We had a great time. Yeah, that sounds like a lot of fun. Just like a a place where you could like really, you know, I mean, obviously you knew each other before, but you could connect as a you know as um, you know older you know like adults and like more you know more mature or maybe less mature i don't know but you know whatever and and just have a and just have a good time and you know and connect in that level too so that that probably um you know made the group even closer mm-hmm. so. oh definitely so um do you have any closing thoughts that you'd like to share to people listening to my ca- podcast who are just discovering uh discord and rhyme just that uh just that there's there's so much more to music than the vibrations that enter your ears <laughs> yeah uh, and yeah if I that think, makes sense yeah and one of our one of our one of the things that we're proud of is that we don't limit ourselves so whatever band or genre or style you're into Chances are good we're going to talk about it eventually. Mm-hmm. Uh, do, so yeah. do you have any uh, coming up that you could tell us about that you'll be featuring soon? Like, say, well, um, actually, within the next week or so? Our next episode is going to be about uh, the album Tallahassee by the Mountain Goats. Uh, our host, Chris Willie Williams, is going to be hosting it. We actually just recorded it, and it went super well. It was a, It's a great album. Uh, and actually... And actually, our holiday episode this year coming out on um, on Christmas Eve, we're finally doing our namesake album. Discord and Rhyme comes from the song Hungry Like the Wolf by Duran Duran. And we are finally going to cover Rio by Duran Duran. Yes. 
<laughs> yeah, my, uh, which is uh, my favorite album. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it was interesting that you mentioned uh, MTV's 120 Minutes earlier because we've yeah. got um, our next compilation series. We're going to do Littler Discs in Between, the Motown Discs. We're going to be covering the Gary Star compilation that came out of 120 Minutes. Mm-hmm. Oh, very cool. Very cool. Yeah. Yeah. All that music that was made when we were teenagers in the 90s. Well, awesome. Well, thank thank you so much, Amanda and Rich, for uh, coming on your podcast or mine to um, tell us about uh, Discord and Rhyme, and I'll continue to listen, and I'm sure our listeners will be um, checking it out as well. So in the meantime, um, I want to thank everyone for listening to your podcast or mine, and uh, we'll see you soon. Thanks thank you so much. much.